Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oracle and the Warrior podcast. My name is Tina, and I am one of God's oracles. And my name is Laura. I am one of God's warriors. Sound crazy? Welcome Welcome to to our our world. world. So, Tina, tell me, what are we talking about today? In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the connection between religion and sexual dysfunction. Wow. It's crazy to even think that that has a... uh... A place in articles or a place in studies. That is, yeah, that there's even any kind of correlation. Just like I believe, you know, I believe in the separation of church and state. I also believe in the separation of church and sex. Yeah, I don't think the two go together. (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. Maybe in the Catholic religion, they go together. No, we were were going to go blind. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) No so, masturbation because you go blind. Is that really what they said? Yeah. Anytime I saw a blind kid, guess what I thought? <laughs> you're playing with your pee-pee too much. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I found this article in Psychology Today, and it's called Overcoming Religious Sexual Shame. And a lot of the information that we have is going to come from the article today. And Laura and I are going to do something a little different today that we haven't done before. <laughs> Which is shock factor. <laughs> what we're going to do is I looked up the information about the topic and Laura looked up the scripture, biblical, biblical yeah. scriptures about the subject. <clears throat> and neither of us knows what the other one has. So you're going to get a true reaction because a lot of times we discuss everything first. Beforehand. And so that that original shock value is kind of gone because we've kind of come to a space of being like, OK, OK, we're all good. No problem. But we are going to just kind of take that aspect away today. I'm going to start with this article uh, from Psychology Today about religion and sexual shame. They literally call it an epidemic. They say um, that it is an epidemic of sexual shame is crippling people taught to be, quote, pure. In the first part of this, and I'm just I'm going to read the paragraph to Laura and all of you. And we're going to just get her response and we'll discuss it. (laughs) An entire generation of people are encountering crippling sexual shame and pain as they wrestle with their sexual desires and interests in a world for which they were unprepared. For decades, sexual education in the United States and elsewhere has been shaped and influenced by moral and religious forces. I'm just going to stop right there for a second. As I said before, (laughs) I believe very strongly in the separation Separation. of church and state. Mm -hmm. So how does a church or religion, how are they able to influence children in a school if there's supposed to be that separation of church and state? I don't understand. Well, they've taken that power away from parents. I just trying to take that power away from parents. Right. I just I I don't I don't like that. But anyways, abstinence only education where students are taught that of abstinence and choosing not to be sexual is the best. Safest option is only one aspect. Abstinence only sexual education has been largely discredited and shown to have the potential to actually increase problems and risk of engaging in sex without condoms or preparation. Mm -hmm. So what do you danger? Danger, danger. Well, I mean, abstinence, perfect for uh, you're not going to get an STD. This is true. But abstinence as in repress every single sexual emotion you have. Don't mm-hmm. touch yourself. Don't uh, <laughs> do anything. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. In my opinion. Uh, is it saying that they're, for, they're eliminating the, the sex education about condoms and preparation? or so They're saying that the, um, the this of what they're talking about, the abstinence only, they didn't teach about condoms. They didn't teach about um, birth control. They didn't 
all they taught these children was wait until you're married. Mm -hmm. we'll, you, we'll talk about birth control when you're married. Yeah. So <laughs> anybody that who has awkward, been... Awkward wedding night. Yeah. Oh, Dios mío. Yeah. One of the things that Laura and I were discussing earlier today is in religion, mm -hmm. we are taught very strongly that you should not have sex before marriage. Do not masturbate. Do not touch yourself. That that is very, very bad. Impure. Impure. Right. Could you imagine if it was your ear instead of your genitals? Because my ears itch sometimes. Don't I touch it. Ah, <laughs> it, made touch me, it. <laughs> it made me itch. Neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> the religion part of it, of, of this constant, if you have sex, you're a horrible human. If you have sex, God doesn't love you. If you have sex, you're going to be punished. If you have sex, if you have sex, if you have sex, right? Mm-hmm. When you get married, that first night is supposed to be, if you have waited all that time, that first night is supposed to be this amazing uh, explosion when two bodies come together man, as man and wife. Mm -hmm. But that's not how the human mind works. No. The shame and the guilt and the embarrassment that is placed upon that for <laughs> at least 18 years, yeah. right? At least. It can't be turned off in a day because a man said, okay, now, now, you can go. now God oh. says it's good for you to hit it. I, I'd be scared. I'd be like, because I've had some sexual partners in the what? past. Just a couple. And some of them, if it had been my wedding night, I would have been like, is this it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're stuck with that it for however long you're married. If, if you're supposed to just switch that oh, yes, on a dime, the God I know, if he truly felt that way, mm -hmm. then he would tell the religious leaders that these couples, when they're going through their marriage counseling, that they need to have counseling about letting go of the guilt and shame and, and embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And But I'm just going to throw this out there. Did I, did I spit your eye? No. <laughs> <laughs> Got twitch in my eye. But the God I know isn't about guilt and shame and embarrassment. He's about being aware and respectful. Or he wouldn't have made boys have erections till they got married. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or there, yeah, you wouldn't have any sexual desire until you got married. No hormones till you get married. Please, Let's flip that switch. So, please read the scripture so that we can get my true and honest response. Okay. 1 Corinthians 6.18. 6, Corinthians is like the one they read when you get married, right? That's the one they always read at the weddings. I don't know. My, my wedding was a blur. That was 28 years ago. I have no <laughs> idea. Anywho. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So does that mean like, you know, back in the day, like you sin against your body, chop off your eye, or, you know, cut out your... I chop off your hand if it sins, right? Isn't there a Bible yeah. So does that mean cut that off your penis because you committed a sin against your body? So we are in no way. Any, no, 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 no. Not, not we are in no way saying that God is saying that you should chop a man's penis off after you have sex with them. That is some Black Widow That's stuff some right there. That's some Elena Bobbitt stuff. But I mean, if somebody is just reading this and is fervent in the in the religion and is, you know, an eye for an eye. And if a, if your hand sins, cut it off. Could they not take this to that level? I don't I've never heard of one. And I'm not saying. Well, that would have been do. a good defense for Lorena Bobbitt in her. Right, um, he sinned against me. <laughs> he sinned against his body. I had to cut it off. Oh. Let's just move right on. From, Moving right along. We're going we're gonna to move right along from that one. Going forward with uh, this article, number two here is abstinence-based sexual education was rooted 
in the approach that choosing not to be sexual outside of a committed monogamous adult relationship was the best protection from exposure to sexually transmitted infections and or unplanned pregnancy. Okay, well, I got to stop there. The, the sexually transmitted infections, I got that one. Yeah. But even if you're in a committed monogamous adult relationship, how are you, without condoms or birth control, how are you going to unplanned pregnancy? Yeah. Like, like even count, if, you know what I'm saying? Like abstinence isn't going to, okay, anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. But along the abstinence only education came the concept of purity and the morally based belief that remaining quote, pure from sexuality until marriage was good, moral, and desired choice. The purity movement infused sexual education with a notion that our sexual urges are immoral and that we are better people when we choose to live above. Okay. If you want to be better people. The sexual urges that God gave you. Yes. Like that's how God made you are immoral. So they're, they, I have a problem with this because Basically, they're telling you that God is flawed Ooh. because he created you this way, but he made, he made a mistake. We're telling you it's wrong. Well, not even just that he made a mistake, <laughs> but that he made an immoral one. Yeah. Mm. Dad's going to be angry. Forget, <laughs> forgive me, father, for I, I sinned. My last confession was. All right. Give me another scripture. Go ahead. Oh, I'm gosh, ready. Let me find one. That said, this is Matthew 5, 27, 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman, looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Damn. So that's only for men. Don't look at a beautiful. Ooh. Ooh. We got a We got a We have we a pass. pass. <laughs> Because when I look at Enrique Iglesias, <laughs> do you have immoral? I impure thoughts. Well, are you asking impure immoral? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're both. Are they the same? No. Yeah. <laughs> do I want my spouse walking around going, "Ooh, I'd knock her up," you know? <laughs> "Ooh, she's hot. I'd do her." No, but the thought is there. I mean, I, like you said, Enrique Iglesias, here I come. Yes, <laughs> he's my whole pass. <laughs> he's here. I don't even know how, what to say about about well, some of these. It, it is just, it is the fact of, again, this it goes very well with what I just read mm -hmm. of having any kind of impure thought yeah. is immoral. And if your brain goes there, then... Cut your brain out. Yeah. Got, we got Lobotomy. Because you now you've sinned against your brain. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't thought this through totally. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Number three, just be prepared, okay, everyone, because I... Laura may... <laughs> or may not, not have a very strong reaction to this. Okay. The purity movement focused heavily on female sexuality with father-daughter dances and pledges of remaining virtual until marriage. Motherfucker. Along with... <laughs> I'm not done. I know. Along with school dress codes that focused uh. on covering up female students to prevent males from becoming overly aroused. Cut their eyes out. Unfortunately, the vagueness and broadness of the sexual constructs in the purity movement left people confused and often feeling that they must reject even normal, healthy sexual urges. Well, according to the purity movement, there aren't any. Yeah, it's all immoral. Sadly, only sexual urges within heterosexual committed adult relationships were defined as healthy. This leaves out a lot and also abandons teens to be unable to learn or understand their own sexual urges with the notion that they will understand them once they're married. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you, you want these teens to grow up with a healthy yes. sexual mind, right? Do I believe you should sleep with everybody who crosses your path? No. No. But do I believe you can have a sexual partner and not have to be married to them? 
Yes, right? Absolutely. But if we're teaching our kids all of this, like, girls, just be faithful with your daddy till he passes you on to a level, another man. Oh, motherfucker. Doesn't uh, that make you property? Yeah. Your daddy owns you until you are until your husband age, owns and you. then a husband owns you. Ooh. Ooh. And the school dress code has always driven me insane. Should you go to school with your breasts popping out? peeking at your nipple i don't think well, so but that's that, me and and that's and honestly it's not it nobody's place to judge if you don't like it don't look at it correct but should the implication be that so that boys don't have a sexual urge well that's their own fucking problem i and i'm sorry i'm using some curse words today because i'm very f- i know fervent this. about this <laughs> <laughs> this is why we usually talk about it first before we do this but so I watched this video one time, and it was so interesting to me. And there's this woman, and she had four big, huge Rottweilers, mm-hmm. dogs, right? They were all sitting in a circle. The dog's not the lady. Okay. And she walks into the room. She has a camera set up, and she walks into the room, and she has this just raw, beautiful steak on a plate. And she sets it dead center in the middle of all four of them. And she says to them, don't touch it. Don't touch it. She leaves the room. She leaves the video camera running mm-hmm. for two hours. <gasps> and, she, and she comes back, and guess what? The steak was still there. There was slobber on the ground <laughs> all over the, yeah. where the dogs were sitting. Yeah. And she said, if I can teach four dogs that literally, like, they live on instinct to not touch something. That wasn't offered to that them. That wasn't offered to them then why can you not teach your sons to not touch a woman or your daughters to not touch a man mm-hmm. without consent. their consent? Yeah. And I that was so powerful to me that she's right. Yeah. You know, we, we look at uh, animals and say, oh, well, stupid dog. Or, all right, well, that's courage the cowardly dog. Stupid <laughs> dog, you make me look bad. <laughs> but if this woman can teach these dogs who literally live on instinct mm-hmm. to not do it. Yeah. But how do you... Do that with education, with right? education, and here where they're trying to say, nope, just avoid it till you get married. Yes, and you're a bad human if you do it. If you think about anything, and how many people get to a? Uh, I've heard men and women say, um, you know, my spouse constantly accused me of cheating, and so I finally just got to a point of, well, if I'm going to be accused of it, I'm just going to do, do it. Mm-hmm. And think about the adolescent mind that's still trying to rationalize and find their space and figure out who they are. They're already so terrified of judgment because that's how we're conditioned Mm -hmm. from birth that if they do something or they, God forbid, touch their wiener or whatever, you know, it's like, "Mm, I've already sinned. Might as well just just spread my seed, you know, and instead of having a space of with your child, you know, parent Mm -hmm. to children, hey, I love you. I'm going to love you no matter what you do. I love you exactly as you are. If you have questions, I'm not going to judge you. I'll give you my opinion, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to judge you. And that's how we get our children to come to us. Yeah. And I'm not going to call out my kids because, of course, they're still, you know, virgin white, <laughs> um, 26 sure. and 21. Yes. But both of them, because we did have such an open conversation all the time about, you know, sex and sexuality, both of them, when that time of starting to have those feelings and mm-hmm. those, um, you know, dating and all of that, they did come to me. They were comfortable coming. Well, Kayla was more so than Sydney, but Sydney's just a very private person. So yeah. it was wonderful to have that connection, to have that openness. So you have a scripture for us? There are over a hundred scriptures. 
<laughs> I found that, wow, they really didn't want people to touch themselves or have sex. It was Matthew 5.32. It, it says, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Lay it on thick, man. Excuse me? <laughs> Just the woman? Well, if he, whoever marries. So I get. I guess a woman can marry a divorced man. I, I don't know how deep this goes. This is just 532. So, but a man. But it, so it says you can divorce her, but it says except on the ground of sexual. I don't Basically, understand. Basically, like if she has an affair, you could, you, you should never you divorce your wife unless, unless she, has she has an, an affair. affair. If she has an affair, you can divorce her. But if she has sex with anybody else ever again, then she's committing adultery. I I, that's why they send a lot of women to, to be a nun. But why are you? <laughs> okay. So I, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make this make sense in my head. This is what happens when Laura and I have our brainstorming sessions. <laughs> yes. Before we get here. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying, honestly trying to be break it down. reasonable break and it break down. it down. So if a woman marries a man and then she commits adultery and he divorces her, if she ever has sex again, whether it's in or out of marriage, she's committing adultery again, 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 again. Yes. And that's the only reason, like they're saying, God said, that's the only reason you can get divorced. For the man. But I mean, it, it, like you said, it's the woman, you're making that woman commit adultery if you remarry her. But if he remarries, he's not. I, I don't know. I don't, I, it doesn't say. So okay, we'll gonna, have to ask Matthew. Yeah, we're gonna, Matthew's the <laughs> one that wrote that. Matthew, if you're still alive, if you could um, give us yeah. a jingle because we just need a little clarification here. And, and it goes, you know, this has gone on for ages. And it appears, you know, Old Testament was even worse, the rules they, they had, right? It's been going on for ages. Just now is this coming to light and where people are able to start seeking therapy. Imagine what it was like English days where it was proper and you couldn't even look at a woman or touch her because she was disgraced, thrown out of her house, never to be married, you know, forced to be poor uh, the rest of your life. So, but there are still cultures now where if a woman is forcibly raped, I mean, there is no other yeah, way than... Yeah, not forcible. It's forcible. Yeah, yes. But if a woman is raped, she is shamed, she is dirtied, and she will, her family is expected, the males in her family are expected to stone her to death because she has brought shame upon the family by being raped. Mm. But the I men who rape her... Yeah. Or women or whatever. They were just satisfying their sexual urge or what? Because she wore a miniskirt? <laughs> the country I'm talking about, women don't show skin. So. Uh, okay. So we're going to go on to number four here. Yes. It says, therapists are now seeing a tide of young people feeling immense shame and pain about their sexual urges, desires, and behaviors as these young people encounter the wide world of sexual availability outside the confines of the moral fantasies. The youth can use their smartphones to see all the sex they want, mm -hmm. or they enter college where they find that there's a newfound freedom is exhilarating and intimidating. One man that was seen a few years ago was an 18-year-old college student deeply afraid that he was addicted to masturbation he was only <laughs> he was only masturbating once a week but because he'd grown up in a family where any sex outside of a monogamous marriage was sinful and condemned his quite normal sexual behavior was experienced with deep shame and fear can you believe that oh, yeah, yeah. so so what i'm taking is basically masturbation is considered sex and immoral so immorality not so much sex per se i don't i think you're just <laughs> not supposed to touch it like as a man you can touch it to pee but that's it okay and as a woman, you can touch it to wipe, but that's it. <laughs> what this you got? poor kid. No, no. Well, so this goes along the line. So one 
1 John 1 9 it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so this is in the bible right and okay. the saint confess your sins and you are pure again got you but not from this or i had a and I know this goes into another topic about confessing sins and, and all of that. Well, too. I think it's just but, the, I mean, like, because you and I understand um, the, our belief system is that once forgiven, like if you do something, right, and then you say, hey, whoop, okay, that wasn't cool. Yeah. And you ask for forgiveness, you get that forgiveness. If you were continuing to do it again and again and again. How many times are you going to ask for How many times are you going to, you know, and that starts to build, hey, I, I did it again. And eating disorder same way right i had a piece of chocolate i hate myself you know it's that that guilt and that shame because of judgment yeah let's just throw this out there (laughs) the authority to judge doesn't reside on the earth but okay but that judgment from man especially from religion when it comes to sexual right i am an emotional trauma intuitive i deal with emotional trauma on a daily basis i would say a great deal of uh, my clientele is sexual trauma from childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be sexual abuse or the, exactly what we're talking about today, the shame and guilting. And so they do not have, when they do get married, they don't have a healthy sex life or they feel like it's supposed to be something more than it is uh-huh. or it's more than it should be or whatever. I was speaking to a, a client of mine and this client was telling me that after he uh, turned a certain age, I think it was 12, or something, every time that he would have any kind of an interview with any of the clergy, that they would ask him. Oh, shut up. I'm not kidding. They I, would ask him. I think they're perverted shits and they just want to know. Sorry. Ha, ha, <laughs> have you um, have you masturbated since the last oh, time you were here? How many times? You want me to keep a journal? <laughs> and then... Dear diary, <laughs> masturbated today. Three times. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, at that age, you could masturbate 20 times a day because you're ready five yeah. minutes later. So if he's meeting with this one clergy... And these poor scared kids are confessing. So they, they Yes, because they are told that if you don't tell the truth to this man, that God's going to punish you. Yeah. But once this man would have a confirmation of masturbation, he would bring two other men in and they would have to repeat the story again. And then they would bring their parents in and make them repeat the story again Shut in up. front of the parents to the point that this boy said that uh, his parents took the door off of the bathroom and his bedroom <gasps> so that they could val- verify that he was not masturbating. He said, I continued to masturbate. I just did it in yeah, when, whenever you public could. bathrooms yeah. or, you know. Yeah, and then you get arrested for yeah exactly (laughs) because they they put so much guilt and shame on him for that it was ridiculous yeah ridiculous why would you do that to your child well then they you throw out the verse luke 137 says for nothing will be impossible with god and i've witnessed people say why can't i get better Mm -hmm. you know they told me god will make it better God himself is not going to make it better. He is going to help you find ways. If that's something you want to improve on, right? I want to improve this. He will, I believe, he will put people in your path to help you. Agreed. He's not going to magically overnight say, okay, you're not going to have any sexual arousal anymore, or you're not going to be homosexual anymore, or you're not, you know, whatever they believe, you know, I witness the homosexual camps, right? Where God, oh, God can make it better. Yeah, oh. That's a total another topic. Yeah. But when God doesn't come through, then... So it comes to me that 
this is where atheism produces itself after a while because they they don't know you know they don't know where to go their god has failed me i've been told by all these religious people that i'm supposed to respect and honor that i'm not good enough if anybody out here has any kind of story you don't have to get personal but any kind of shaming that you've witnessed uh, within your religion or your church um, that you you question, or if you would like to question anything that we've said so far and, and have a difference of opinion, everything is more than welcome. Um, we are not judging here. We just believe that education is the key to everything and telling somebody they are bad for doing something uh, is not the way to go. I completely and, agree. Yeah. I completely agree. It's, it's a sensitive topic and it could go on for a long time. It, the way I believe, you know, Old Testament was very strict and I think it was, you know, just let's try and follow some rules and not just be everybody be freaking crazy out here and, and go hog wild. I, just trying to give people some some parameters. And, you know, I have seen so many and I'm going to because of the my sexual uh, abuse clients tend mm -hmm. to be more in the female range. But I've seen so many of them where they were shamed so much about that, you know, they go to their clergy and they say, I I was feeling lust or I was feeling this or that. Mm -hmm. And they get shamed for it. And then the clergy will actually start grooming them Ugh. or they will say, you know, that's perfectly normal, but you, you need to have an, uh, a man of God help you through this or mm, a man, a, a man, mm. a man Not of go God. Go talk to God yourself and, and get in line and, and form your own relationship. Tell me all about it. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. And it's like they, they use shame as a weapon and they make these young people hate and fear their own bodies and their own, you know, physical needs. Yeah. And it is every child wants to please their parents. Here's the thing. What's the one way to control a human? Fear. Fear. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The one way to control a human yeah. being is fear. And I, I recall in my younger days, uh, I did whenever I would have a sexual encounter, uh, something that I chose, you know, I volunteered for. There was still in the back of my mind going, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And then and I I'm would bad. leave that and I would freaking shame myself mm -hmm. exactly yeah which starts which actually led me to having panic attack panic attacks when i was having sex oh wow yeah i had to, i had to work through even, that one even with your husband's not with my husband no you're but okay if, with that if, yes but Are it was you? if i if it was not and not if it was not in a monogamous relationship right I would have a panic attack. Wow. They're probably like, this freak. <laughs> That's, they're I like, can't breathe. <laughs> well, most of the men that I've met in my uh, early days would have been like, oh, I'm really turning her on, aren't I? <laughs> She's breathing heavy. <laughs> no. Yeah, they would have been calling back, hey, you want some more? <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> this article uh, in Psychology Today, it says sexual shame is not solely a religious issue, but it is the religious Correct. communities where we are now seeing the problem reach epidemic levels. Epidemic mm. levels. Mm. Atheists who watch porn rarely report concerns or problems with it, while the strength of a person's religious beliefs and moral condemnation of porn predicts that they will feel addicted to porn regardless of how little they watch. I, I actually know of a person who's not a client. Um, it is a 
Someone you know. Someone I know that has a porn addiction, Mm -hmm. has had this porn addiction for years and years and years and years, and is unable to have regular sex because it is not, you know, in, in pornography, it is very normal for the, you know, sexy, half-dressed woman to walk into her boss's office and, you know, <laughs> help him at his desk. <laughs> but that's not reality. No. That's not, that is not a... You can do some role-playing, but that ain't reality. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I've been married 28 years and... That is not something my husband and I do on a regular basis, role playing or not. For while he's whittling his wood, (laughs) wood whittler. So, as I was saying, (laughs) this is back to this person. This is back to this person. For this person to just have regular sex that starts out with kissing and Mm -hmm. light petting and moving into something more. Even though they've been in a relationship with someone for years, it is still very difficult for them to be aroused because it's that's not the fantasy. Well, yeah, that's what the that's what it's supposed to be. Exactly, they can't fulfill that. I mean, it's like if you eat, you know, Kobe steak every day, and then they're throwing veggie burgers, veggie burgers at you. You're it's like, it's not going to be satisfying. I can eat it because I need to, I need this be <laughs> my- satisfied by food. But it's not fulfilling it's not, my, my needs, and you're my gonna, wants. No, not my needs, my wants. Yeah, and I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to dress up this this burger by... <laughs> well, and even, I mean, I know for myself personally, if I have a craving for something and I, you know, like, let's say I'm, I want to go out and go to my favorite Chinese place mm-hmm. and we end up going somewhere else because the Chinese place is closed. You're disappointed and everything. And there's that thing in you that still wants that... Wants the Chinese. Wants the Chinese food. Yeah. And, and that is so basic that's not even I know. Like a it's not even fantasy. there's not even a comparison that's, but it's that's just, just how the human mind works yeah and so imagine that in a sexual sense well, yeah because you get this hot and heavy sex that's acted out right and if your partner is not replaying that you're like what's going on here what's wrong exactly mm, yeah. exactly and this says that sexual shame is a visceral feeling of humiliation and disgust towards one's own body and identity as a sexual being and a belief of being abnormal inferior and unworthy this feeling can be internalized by also manifesting in interpersonal relationships having a negative impact on trust communication and physical emotional intimacy sexual shame develops across the lifespan in interactions with interpersonal relationships one's culture society and subsequent critical self-appraisal a continuous feedback loop and if you have this continuous rhetoric of if you if you touch your genitals god hates you mm-hmm. if you um, have sex god hates you if you i'm just gonna i'm gonna break it down barney style break it down you ready break it down barney style I love you. Oh, not that right. <laughs> <laughs> you have a son and you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your daughter's too young for us to bring into the equation. So I'm just going to bring in your son. Stick to the son. Yeah. Your son who's an adult. We won't discuss whether or not he's had sex, but. Never. <laughs> he's lily white like my he's daughter's. Not... I see him as a little six-year-old all the time. But yes, I'm assuming he has. Do you look at him and feel yourself being repulsed? Because he's never been married. Not at all. No. Do you find that disgusting? Do you find him less? Do you think he's a horrible human? Not at all. Is God a lesser parent than you would be? Not at all. I do tell him to carry condoms all the time, just in case. (laughs) 
That is called being a very uh, wise parent. <laughs> Please, so, carry on. You have a scripture for us. There are uh, there are a lot, you know. It, but then it's weird because you know the Bible saying don't do this, don't do this, and then you have Proverbs where he is just you know, idolizing his beautiful wife's breasts and her, this and that. So yeah, it's like they're married, right? They're married, but but the whole time in the Bible, He's they're telling you shame, 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 shame. And then, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Like you said, it's like you need some counseling in between because hold on, how do I flip that, flip that switch? Right. That shame, shame, shame. The, and now it needs to be beautiful. In this article, um, the Psychology Today article, they were saying that people can overcome sexual shame and live their lives without abandoning their religious values and beliefs because it is, it is, it's not about an organization. It is not about what your priest says. It is not about what your bishop says. What it, it is about your relationship with Father, and it's about being reasonable. The God I know. He doesn't do things to torture us. He wouldn't give us something and then say, but don't, don't eat it. Don't look at it. Don't touch it. Don't. And you're going to be shameful. He gave us a, that's a gift. Our bodies are a gift, Mm -hmm. right? And then he steps back and says, okay, do the best you can. If your mm-hmm. if your child if you give your child a balloon and they blow it up and blow it up and blow it up and blow it up you may stop them and say hey you know if that pops you might have some emotional or physical pain but if the if the balloon does pop you gave them that as a gift right if that balloon pops are you going to discipline them no is God a lesser parent than you no the gifts that we give our children if they break them that's on them yeah. I'm not going to buy you a new one. Yeah, but well, batteries certainly not. Yeah, so I found that uh, scripture. It's okay. Leviticus 15. Oh, Leviticus. Okay. <clears throat> when a man has an emission of semen, he must bathe his whole body with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Any clothing or leather—apparently there were leather back then—that has semen on it must be washed with water, and it will be unclean till evening. Can you imagine a woman reading that and then going, "Oh my God, your semen touched me." <laughs> I am unclean. Again, this is, I just, hell? <laughs> I just cannot imagine God saying. The thing that will birth a child is yes, nasty. Because you need to, it. Not to go into too much detail here, yeah. but you know, Terry and I had a hard time, a very difficult time having children. Mm-hmm. And the medical doctors that we went to mm-hmm. said, after you have intercourse to me, yeah. put a pillow under your butt. To keep it in. And yeah lay there that way for two hours so if we're supposed to populate the earth and some people have trouble getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and they have to lay there for two hours with a pillow under their butt they don't instantly get up and And go clean it it just it makes no sense to me you're telling me one thing that i'm unclean if i do it but then you're also telling me that that's what god wants me to do Mm -hmm. those don't they don't make sense to me. Yeah, because they don't merge. It continues to say, if a man lies with a woman and has an emission of semen, both of them shall bathe themselves in water and be unclean. <laughs> it grosses me out a lot more if somebody were to spit on me. <laughs> we, I feel that to be. Touched. I feel that to be more unclean or pee well, that's, or that's you know. Disgust, yeah. I mean, it's just it's silly. God, God created semen, mm-hmm. and <sighs> all of a sudden, it's not clean yes so if anybody would like to call in and comment uh now is your your opportunity your time, we're about to wrap it up so you can you can tell my age i said call in <laughs> <laughs> my age is showing if anybody would like to request to be a guest uh, has any thoughts or comments uh now would be your time if not we're going to go ahead and wrap up laura 
what is your take from today? Where to go? It could go on and on. I'm going to, I am a person of few words, so I'll try to make it short. It is. Education, as I said earlier, is the key. Teach your children if the, the fear is of children, you know, just going out there and being sexually immoral, if you want to call it. Teach them, teach them what it's about. Teach them that, yes, I mean, it's up to them who they decide to have sex with. Hopefully it is with meaning and it's not just random and everybody out there, risk of sexual, you know, STDs, all, all kinds of things. The nurse in you is coming out. The nurse in me is coming out, right? Choose love, of course, and don't shame yourself for something that a man has said is wrong. Uh, and by man, I'm sorry. By man, I mean, you know, the Bible, churches, right. clergy. Well, I, as you say often, ditto. Yeah. And what I hope that people take away from this today is that we have the ability as parents, as communities, as human beings to help our children and our neighbors and our friends to have a healthy sexual life. Mm -hmm. People ask me all the time, they say, you know, how have you been married for 28 years to the same man? You know, it's so unusual. And I tell them, Communication yeah, is key, definitely. you know, talking about things and sexual communication and just being open to no judgment of when it comes to sex, mm -hmm. right? Of I don't shame my husband if he were to ask me to do something, I don't shame him. 99.9% .9 of the time, I probably say you first, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I would never shame him. Yeah, correct. But we do that to our children. We mm -hmm. shame them um, or we shame them for being gay or we shame them for having sex or touching themselves or whatever. And then they just shut down. And that's when they develop the unhealthy yes, relationship. With ex it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what I hope people take away from this today is that sex is a normal physical response. It is how we do make children. It is mm -hmm. um, how... Uh, people connect emotionally and physically, and it's not a dirty thing. And you cannot teach a human being for 18 years to be ashamed and expect them to just turn that off because a piece of paper says that they're now married. Mm -hmm. And we have done so much harm in our communities and to children by having this because the bottom line is the authority to judge does not reside on the earth. Whether or not you agree with uh, somebody else's sexual preferences or sexual desires, it's none of your damn business. Mm -hmm. And what right do you have to judge another? What did Christ say? He who has no sin, throw the first stone. Yeah. So mind your business. Mind your business. And choose love. Peace. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to help us keep it going, please consider donating to our Patreon account. You can use the link in the show notes. You can also help us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Reviews are how we grow our listenership. If you have suggestions for topics that you would like us to cover or have any questions, please feel free to contact us at oracleandwarrior at gmail.com. You can also check the show notes for all social media. Until next time, love eternal, the oracle. And stand for truth, the warrior.